Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Folks, we're going on grid. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. What a wild week six in the NFL we had yesterday. But first, before I get into those recaps, guys, October baseball is still here, and we have a tied series in the American League Championship. Uh, the Houston Astros taking down the New York Yankees 3-2 to two in extra innings thanks to Carlos Correa hitting a leadoff home run in the 11th to tie the series. They are tied at one going back to the Bronx tomorrow night on FS1. You can see Game 3 on FS1 as the Yankees host the Astros. And tonight, guys, we have the St. Louis Cardinals visiting the Washington Nationals as the Nationals have a 2-0 series lead in the National League Championship. It is Flaherty versus Strasburg with the Cardinals plus 112 on the money line. The over-under is 7, and you can see that today at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. All right. Let's get into the week six of the NFL. What a wild week it was. The Houston Texans taking down the Kansas City Chiefs. We expected a shootout, and we got one. 31-24, Houston on top. Deshaun Watson, 280 yards, one touchdown, two picks. But Carlos Hyde carrying the load, 26 rushes for 116 yards and a score. Duke Johnson Jr. also added five rushes for 34 yards, but two catches for 20 yards and a score. They held Pat Mahomes to only 273 total yards in the air. Three touchdowns, one interception. Tyreek Hill, his first game back since week one off the injured list. Five catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Shout out to Frankie Stamfel. He forced me to put him in my lineup right before the game started. Uh, you guys mentioned this before the update. Seattle taking down Cleveland 32-28. to Russell Wilson, you said you could trust him, Dane. I think I can too. 295 yards, two touchdowns. He also rushed nine times for 31 yards and a score. Chris Carson putting in work as well. 24 rushes for 124 yards and a score. He caught four passes for 35 yards too. Jerron Brown stealing Tyler Lockett's touchdowns. I can't get over this. Three catches for 29 yards and two touchdowns. On the other side of the ball for Cleveland, we're still waiting to see if Baker is elite. Ask Rex Ryan. 249 mm. yards, one touchdown, but three costly interceptions. He also had four rushes for 35 yards in the score, too. Nick Chubb doing Nick Chubb things. 20 rushes for 122 yards, two touchdowns. He caught five passes for 17 yards. Uh, let's go to uh, an AFC North Division matchup. The Baltimore Ravens taking down the Cincinnati Bengals 23-17. to Lamar Jackson, 236 yards in the air. But he had running back stats, guys. 19 rushes for 152 yards. Hit that rushing prop, huh, Hit that rushing prop on the first two plays. Yeah. First two plays. That's the best way to do it. That's Lamar Catch Jackson. Early. He's an elite double-sided uh, quarterback. Mark Trust Ingram. me, he's helping me to a number of fantasy team wins these days. Yeah. Ask your boy, the closer, Chris Ventra, how he feels about getting scooped for Lamar in our GST league where I'm going, uh, you know, I think I go 4-2 and two in that league. <laughs> 
Actually, uh, Venture just took me down in the pit league. After so. defeating the BFFs this week. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not looking too good in the pit down. league. Venture just took me down, so uh, that's not looking too good. But Lamar Jackson, I have in a couple other shares on my team, so shout out to Lamar Jackson. I can't believe as a Steelers fan, I'm saying that. Go, go Ravens. Uh, Mark Ingram uh, putting in work, 13 rushes for 52 yards and a score uh, in this one. Moving right along here, we got the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-20 to at home. You said it. They can't lose at home, guys. Kirk Cousins, 333 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, guys, three of those touchdowns went to Stefan Diggs sitting on my bench for 43 points. Uh, <laughs> And you dig it. For that one, huh? The Warriors, man. Warriors come out and play. Ben O'Brien don't know that movie though. I, we talked about it last week. Know about the baseball playing gang and the Lizzie's gang. But yeah, absolutely. Yo, props to you for getting that reference, brother man. Hey, the war. You know, you, I love the '80s, man. I love the '80s. I know that's you know, I love like, it. He's, is apparently too, but yes. <laughs> uh, Stefan Diggs, as I said, seven catches for 167 yards, three touchdowns. Adam Thielen putting in work too, six catches for 57 yards and a score. On the other side of the ball, man, Carson Wentz, 306 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Miles Sanders putting in his work, three catches for 86 yards and a score. Alshon Jeffrey as well, 10 catches, 76 yards and a score. Uh, let's go with the Jets taking down the Dallas Cowboys 24-22. to Who saw this coming? The return of Sam Darnold beating mononucleosis 338 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Robbie Anderson five catches, 125 yards and a score. Dak Prescott man, Brian, what's happening to your team? 277 no yards. That's right. Three rushes for 11 yards. My Jets and your Cowboys and we didn't make a bet? Oh, I don't know how you guys missed that. You know, it's crazy. Zeke Elliott. 28 rushes, 105 yards, and a score. He had five catches for 47 yards as well. Guys, really quick, Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking down the Los Angeles Chargers. Devlin Duck Hodges does it. 132 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. But James Conner carrying the load. 16 rushes for 41 yards and a score. Seven catches for 78 yards and a score. On the other side, Phillip Rivers, 320 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And Hunter Henry on his return from the injured list. Eight catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. On your bench, mine as well. All right, that about does it for me. Going to send it back to Dane and Joe, helping you get ready uh, and make it rain on Monday morning. You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. You're up. All right, here we go. Hour two, make it rain on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. As we get ready to take a look here, Monday night football, Detroit traveling to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, uh, we also have the National League Championship Series as the Cards try to, well, start small, like try to get a hit and try to get, uh, you know, some men on base early in this game where we're not, getting alerts uh, by the seventh and eighth inning that the Cardinals are being no hit once again, which was a, uh, was a theme here over the last couple of uh, couple of days and the first two games in that series. But at least they have their ace going against the Nats ace Flaherty versus Strasburg. It should be interesting. And uh, I got to tell you, it was a rough and I mean, rough week for anybody from the state of Georgia. Uh, if you got a team from the state of Georgia, <laughs> It yeah, was really. 
It was awful this week. And uh, if you want to look at the last week here, guys, it started with the Braves losing game uh, game four there, uh, 5-4. Then, of course, losing 13-1. Uh, to one. You had the Falcons uh, last Sunday lost to Houston, got blown out, right? The Falcons lost again yesterday in the most unbelievable ways, 34-33. to 33. You had Georgia Tech get crushed by Duke, and oh, yeah, you had Georgia lose to South Carolina 20-17 to 17 in two overtimes when they were a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Makes it very hard to cover 21-and-a-half-point spreads, guys, when you only score, I don't know, 17 damn points. Embarrassing by Georgia. Embarrassing for the whole state. They do not have a – well, I guess the Atlanta Hawks get ready to play, right? Maybe – Maybe they'll put a few wins up, but it was probably that MLS a, team is pretty good. Yeah, a 10-day stretch here of their teams that have just been absolutely uh, awful, and hopefully it'll get back. But that is one losing stretch, man. I can't even imagine sports betters in that state going, all right, I ain't ever betting on anybody in Georgia again, man. Like, I'm done. Like, I ain't betting on Georgia. Like, I'm finished. I don't trust them. Unbelievable. Uh, get ready for the uh, – College football playoffs, dude. The committee's getting ready to meet. Who will be number one? Who will be number two? I mean, Joe Burrow better be in there. It damn straight he better be. That's coming up here. Let's make it rain on a Monday. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Quite a battle getting ready uh, tonight. NFC North taking on uh, the the only game of the night, actually. So it will be, without a doubt, the most heavily bet game of Week 6 in the NFL as all eyes will be on Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford here tonight. And keep this in mind, too. Lambeau Field, Monday Night Football, doesn't get any better than that. But both these teams so far this year are a combined 7-2 and two against the number. As Green Bay coming off a uh, a big win against the Dallas Cowboys on the road. Detroit certainly uh, will be well-rested, and that was pretty good news since uh, the last time we saw them. Matt Stafford had a bit of a uh, bit of a back issue going on, but the extra rest, everybody. Uh, and they were a little banged up, including on defense. Darius Slay was hurting a little bit. So it was all good news for Detroit as uh, it came at the perfect time. And they get to welcome back uh, the Green Bay Packers here. And this is going to be a hell of a game because uh, when you look at the North Division here now, you've got a situation where I think we can all be realistic here. All of these teams uh, are pretty decent here, Dane, from Green Bay to Detroit to Chicago to Minnesota. I mean, there's not a whole lot of weak links going on here. This is... 
you know, we talked about the the West being a place that we can probably look for maybe an extra team outside of the divisional winner. But, uh, you know, these teams here, Chicago, I guess Chicago may be the weakest link out of depending on what happens here tonight. But mm. this is a this is a tough division, man, filled with some teams that can play some defense that got some quarterbacks with big arms. You know, right. it's funny how they're all built very similar, aren't they? They are. And I think that is, like you said, I think that is the important point here. I want to see the way some of these things play out. We have talked, Joe, about the Green Bay Packers. You know I've been a proponent of their defense, but then we saw against Philadelphia and others that they can be run on. Okay? That's what I want to see in this game. That's what I think is the key to this game. Will Detroit be able to run on that Green Bay defense? Now, you know I've been touting Kerryon Johnson for this entire season. Now, when the the Lions cut C.J. Anderson, they decided to give the reins to Kerryon Johnson. In the last two games, Joe, Kerryon Johnson has had 46 carries. He did work against Arizona, not as much in the previous game. If they can run against this Green Bay front, I think we're going to see a very close game because I think Detroit is one of those teams making that same kind of evolution with, um, you know, uh, Patricia there at the head coach. They're going to want to be a little bit more physical, and I know they, with Snacks Harrison on that defensive line, I don't think Aaron Jones is going to run for four touchdowns like he did last week against Dallas. The running games, I know we got big-name quarterbacks and Stafford and Rodgers. I think the running games, are what's going to tell the tale in this one. And I'm intrigued to see if Carrion can keep it going against the Green Bay defense, or run defense at least, that we have seen get gashed in the last few weeks. Carry on. Nice. Carry on, carry on. There we go. Yeah, yeah very nice. So no Devontae Adams tonight, I believe, too, right? Is he nope. still uh, – he's been ruled out, so a little less weapon there for uh, – for Aaron Rodgers and company, and this is going to be a battle. Uh, the The line opened up, guys, uh, six and a half, and it has been bet down significantly uh, to the Detroit Lions. So while most of the public loves themselves, some Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at home on a Monday night, what we are seeing is the line is moving the other way, and uh, there's only one reason why that's happening, Dane, and that's simply because the bigger bets, the more respected bettors are forcing the books to make some adjustments there because they're backing the divisional dog on the road. And why not? It has been ridiculously profitable to take the dogs here so far through six weeks of the NFL season. It makes total sense, not to mention if you're ever going to back a dog, don't you back the dog in a divisional game where the familiarity between these yep. two teams, we tell you, that's that's how it works, guys. There's a reason why they are uh, they're cashing in over 57 percent since 2003. There is a reason when you are that familiar. Even look at Cincinnati yesterday. They yep. were getting ten and a half points that opened up, by the way, at, uh, at 13 and a half. But it was actually bet down. Cincinnati is a dumpster fire, but you know what? They know the Baltimore Ravens, the, the familiarity between those two teams. It, it, you know, it, no matter how bad that team is, yeah, they're still going to go in and show up and play out. So you never know. And these, that's why these games this time of year are so, so very important, including the Jets coming up at a second crack at the New England Patriots. 
Yeah, that that will happen next Monday. As mm-hmm. it goes to this Monday, um, that hook is interesting to me, Joe, because I'm staring at three and a half. Okay, yeah. and to your point, these divisional games, the familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. I could, you know, and interestingly enough, with 45 as the total, Joe, you know, 24-21, bang, right there on the total, right there on the spread. And to be honest, that's the kind of game I think we're going to see, high teens, low 20s, because I do believe these defenses are, you know, are relatively solid. So it is going to be interesting. That's why I never picked divisional games for our survivor pool and things of that nature, although Bavona and I both got knocked out. Uh, this week in Survivor, picking Dallas or the Chargers or whatever it was. But yeah, the familiarity brings contempt. And this hook scares me, Joe. Give, I would have taken Green Bay at like two and a half, but three and a half? That's a different story. It's crazy when you think about it because it, it opened up at six. I, right. I mean, it was, they were a six point home favorite, Green Bay, and the, the money continues to pour in uh, towards Detroit. But the bets, well, they keep. Coming in on Green Bay, and the same thing with the total, Dan. You mentioned 45. This thing opened up at 47, and we know the public. The public, we can count on, likes a few things. Number one, they love backing scoring. They love backing the overs. They love backing winning teams and home teams and favorites. But uh, this is dropped down now to 40. Public teams in all the NFL. Yeah, you've got 45 is the number. So it's already been dropped a couple of points from the 47. So while the public is hammering the over, there's obviously some uh, some big money bets that are coming in on the under. Because to your point, familiarity here, guys, these teams know each other. Uh, and yes, on a Monday night, I can't remember the last great Monday night game by Matt Stafford. He usually doesn't play in these situations all that well. I do think you'll see a lot more running. No Devontae Adams. I I think the defenses will have a lot more say in the outcome of this game than the offenses necessarily will. And for some reason, we keep watching Green Bay. It's like they get out to these really good starts and then they disappear and they progressively they, you know, they get worse as the game goes on for some reason. I don't know what's happening with them, but they come out like a house of fire. And then it's like they're holding on for dear life come the second half of these games. So it'll be interesting to see if they continue to do that again tonight against the Detroit defense, who they're going to bring it. I mean, they're well rested. They're going to bring it this Detroit team. Yep. Uh, I hear that. My thing is, for years, Joe, Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have been the litmus test on, like, mm-hmm. if you're a good team or not. Joe, Matthew Stafford's record against teams that are above 500, <laughs> and this is, I guess, a year ago, so it's, it's changed a little bit. Joe, he's 5-46 and 46 mm-hmm. against teams with above 500. But then the teams below 500, he makes, hey, he looks like an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. I, I, I call Matthew Stafford the litmus test. If you could beat them, you're a good team. If you can't beat them, you're a bad team. They're like the gatekeepers of quality football play. I think Green Bay is a good team. I think they will win at home. But to your point, the familiarity breeds contempt. I don't love it because also I think this Detroit defense can punch some teams in the mouth. They did it against Kansas City recently as well. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't believe in Matthew Stafford as much as some others. Uh, last note that I'll make here on the Green Bay side for the injuries. Remember, Devontae Adams still out. That means Jimmy Graham could eat in the red zone, okay? Look for some red zone targets for Jimmy Graham. And don't forget, Jamal Williams back out of the hospital after that uh, severe hit and was practicing. 
So he might be back to share the load with uh, Aaron Jones tonight. So Matt Patricia, this will be his 20th game as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. And there is one thing he has in common with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And it's going to affect tonight, too, as well. I'll tell you what that is. What the hell could he possibly have in common with Bill Belichick and a pair? One team wins, the other team doesn't. We'll tell you what that is. Coming up here on Make It Rain. SportsGrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, time to get in the game, guys. Open yourself up a DraftKings Sportsbook account where listeners of this show right now, you guys can get a deposit bonus of up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. You create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. You make a deposit, and then you place your first bet, and DraftKings matches it with a 50% bonus of up to 500 bucks. Now, the offer is eligible for all users plus new users. You're going to get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. Just head over to sportsgrid.com forward slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com forward slash DK. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you check out the website for details. And welcome in here to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. It is time to make it rain as we get ready for a little Monday night football here tonight, not to mention a National League division game between the Cards and the Nats. Cards trying to not to go down 3-0 and making it uh, all impossible for them to come back here. And we'll talk about that game coming up. But I had mentioned you got Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions getting ready to head the Lambo here tonight. And there is one thing that Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick have in common. Besides, of course, him having been there and been the defensive coordinator. Uh, it's hard to believe, Dane. But, uh, yes, the one thing that Matt Patricia has brought to the Detroit Lions is his ability to cover point spreads, guys. Mm. Uh, in fact, Matt Patricia's Lions have covered 60% of the games he has coached. He's 12-8 and eight against the spread. Even though he's an 8-11-1 straight up, what do we tell you, right? Good teams win games, great teams cover. Matt yep. Patricia has brought the same thing over with him that has made Bill Belichick. Belichick's figured out a way to get both, you know, kind of win and cover. Uh, Patricia hasn't exactly figured out the winning thing all the time yet, but he has certainly figured out the covering aspect. And it started last year, guys, when they got blown out on that Monday night game, the opening Monday night game for the Jets, the public just stuck a fork in him. Uh, but the professional betters saw it and said, this team is going to get better. And they certainly did. A lot of over or undervaluing the Detroit Lions has given Matt Patricia's team the ability to cover spreads. And when it opened up at six, 
you know, here we go again. Another situation where the professional bettors like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, now it's down to three and a half. And to your point, that hook makes it very interesting because I don't know that there's going to be over 45 points scored in this game, Dane. I really not. I'm not convinced. I think both defenses are the strength of these teams. Oh, yeah, and the running game is not that bad either. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford are going to have to throw for 400 yards tonight in order to be able to win this game. I agree with you, Joe. You know, if you look at the box scores of certain games, there are teams that are not doing well, and I've made Mm -hmm. this point before where you look and their quarterback is throwing it 45 times a game. That is not a recipe for winning in the NFL. It looks good for fantasy, and that's cool, Mm -hmm. you know, when Matt Ryan can still throw for, you know, 300-whatever yards, but his coach might get fired, you know? I mean, and and I don't think that's the way these teams are going to go. They're going to be more efficient, and they're going to try to punch people in the mouth with their run game. I will say this, though, Joe, the line has moved. Uh, That total Mm. is now, at least on FanDuel, up to 45 and a half. So you just got an extra point there, all right? I mean, a half point. So if you like 45 as a number, get it right Mm -hmm. now, depending on which way it may move. And here's what I was going to ask you, Joe, because – the hook scares me. I just you, I mentioned to you, I do think Green Bay can win this game because Matt Stafford on the road against an above 500 team, they just they don't get it done. He's like one in 42 in his career. But I digress. My question for you is, you know, how sometimes we got a plan for in-game live. Mm-hmm. This is the way I'm going to do it, Joe. What I've noticed is that in-game, the movements really discount the key numbers altogether. You know, right. all week we talk about how three and seven are the key number, and I say how I'm worried about the hook. But I, I just hope, I just hope I get a good opening drive out of Detroit. Even if they do not score, Joe, it may be enough to change this number down to three or two and a half. What I'm telling everybody is I'm hoping for an early start out of Detroit. And mm. if I can, I'm hoping to get Green Bay minus two and a half or less, and then I will pounce. I like the under on this game, and I'm hoping for in-game to get Green Bay minus less than a field goal in the first quarter, and I'll click submit. All right. Well, that's uh, always a good strategy, guys, especially when you've got divisional rivals like this in this situation. I personally would not. Either way, I wouldn't mess with the spreads here. I would just play these money lines. If you think Detroit... Uh, If you like Detroit in this game, forget about the points. Just play it on the money line. If you think, uh, you know, Green Bay is going to win this game, go ahead, play it on the money line because chances are none of it is – None of it's going to buy us. So what is Green Bay at the money line? Minus 180? Minus 180. Detroit is plus 155 right now. Yep. There you go. So take, make up your mind who's going to win and then uh, and then let it ride on the money line, guys, because okay. it's uh, if Detroit wins – they're going to win outright. They're going to they're not it's not going to be a cover situation. If Green Bay wins, Green Bay is going to win this game. It's either going to happen rather easily or they're probably going to lose this game. So, just depends and looking at the numbers, neither either neither one of them are at $2. So, it's nope. not like Green Bay is a $2 favorite or Detroit's a $2 dog. So, uh Vegas is already telling you there's a good chance here that this game yeah, it's uh, they have a they're a live dog is what we call it, uh, Detroit in this situation. But I wanted yeah, to throw absolutely. this schedule up at you too, Dane, because I want to get your opinion. So I'm not looking and being a homer here, and I know you're a Jet fan too. I so I just I want to throw this up here because I want uh, I want you to take a look at this schedule with me, 
as this is the upcoming New York Jets. This is the remaining schedule of the year. And obviously, yeah. the, you have New England as the, um, you know, as the class of the division. We know sure. that. But you can't tell me, as you look at this schedule, that you don't see, especially with the Sam Darnold, you get back C.J. Mosley, what we saw yesterday, and maybe it's an overreaction, but you can, you're can you not going to tell me they can't beat the Jags, Dolphins twice, Giants, Redskins, Raiders at home, Bengals, and Steelers at home. Like, you, Are you going to tell me those aren't possible wins on the board here? Because the way it adds up is... That would be a nine and six record heading into that uh, heading into that final game against Buffalo. Yeah, and listen, we made this point, right? That's pro- that's why everyone was like, "Oh my goodness, the Jets could start zero and seven, You know, because the schedule was tough mm-hmm. in the beginning. Remember, they just got through New England, Philly. They have New England again, right? Um, but then it opens up. I saw teams like Miami twice, Cincinnati on there, Jacksonville, who I'm not that ups- You know, I'm not worried mm-hmm. about Oakland, and I know they do have three wins, but it's later on in the season. We'll see how that looks. Danny Dimes and the Giants, yes. These are games that the Jets with Sam Darnold, with their starting quarterback, instead of their third string quarterback, are capable of winning. But honestly, it's all about expectation, Joe, because you and I, we we thought they would be a decent team, but not necessarily a playoff team, a seven or eight win kind of team. And when I look at that schedule, I see six more wins potentially on that schedule. So I'm a little bit lower than you, Joe, on the expectations. I thought this team could go seven and nine. I still think this team could go seven and nine because when you look at the losses they had when they looked so bad with, you know, Luke Falk there and Trevor Simeon there. Honestly, the only game of those that I thought they were going to win anyway was the Monday Mm. night one against Cleveland. Otherwise, when we were playing the game, I would have said at Philly was a loss. I would have said at New England was a loss. So to me, it's really a delta of one win. The Cleveland at home on Monday night is a win. I thought they should have been able to get if they had Sam Darnold there that they didn't. Otherwise... This is about where we thought they were going to be because the schedule was tough on the first half. It does open up, Joe. So if they feel good and Sam Darnold could get in the rhythm, yes, they could win some games. But let's not go over the top here, okay? Let's make sure Sammy D doesn't die first. Yeah, yeah well, I don't think he's going to die, but I, uh, I, I do not. think the first that time he... he got hit, though, Joe. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, the schedule certainly opens up. But the, the big game, of course, and the big test will be New England on uh, next Monday night. And it does look like, unlike the uh, the first time that they played a couple of weeks back, uh, if they could get Mosley back, uh, they'll have their full complement, along with, I don't know what the deal with Chris Herndon is. I don't know how the, the guy I gets suspended and then comes back and he's out of shape. I get, what did he pull a hamstring? He pulled a hamstring, like, running routes. Ridiculous. It's like you weren't practicing, bro. You weren't running routes yeah. before. Like, like this was something new for you. What are you doing? Like, seriously, like, what are you doing? But uh, Jamison Crowder made an appearance again yesterday. Obviously, he uh, uh, earned some of that money that he uh, that he made. And uh, also the uh, the former Denver Bronco there uh, who. um, Yeah. Demarius Thomas uh, made an appearance now yesterday, too. Pretty impressive. And it's an interesting group of receivers now that, you know, it's amazing what happens if you have a quarterback that get them the ball. They've got a little bit of everything there. And if you can get Herndon back, you know, all of a sudden they've got a full complement of some weapons there on the outside, along with Le'Veon Bell. 
then you're starting to see exactly what a lot of other people thought that they would have to begin the year with, with some some guys that can stretch the fields and some guys over the middle who can absolutely catch balls in traffic for you. Yeah, I mean, they have all the roles they need, right? Robbie mm-hmm. is a great deep threat. Jamison Crowder, a great little slot guy. Demarius Thomas can move the chains. What people think is a viable young ascendant tight end. You have an all-pro back. They have the ingredients, Joe. Mm-hmm. They had the ingredients on defense with Quentin Williams and C.J. Mosley as well. This mono completely upset the apple cart and, yep. you know, put them behind the eight ball. It's amazing how much better the offensive line played when they actually, uh, when they thought, yeah, now that they realize they had a chance to win the game. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Same thing happened with the Giants. Same thing happened with the Panthers. What do you know? What a shock. All right, we'll take a look at some of these baseball games. We'll do that coming up next. Let's make it rain. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Check me out right here, yo. All right, so we are trying to get to a World Series here as the National League Championship Series takes place here tonight. Cards trying to battle their way back into this series against the Nationals. Flaherty taking on Strasburg here tonight. And, of course, the Yanks and the Astros so far through two games have provided us uh, – uh, some fantastic drama, including an 11-inning uh, loss last night by the Yankees as the Carlos Correa did it to him again, walked him off in uh, 2017, walked him off again last night. A much-needed victory for the Astros. Uh, last thing they needed to do was go down 2-0 and head back to uh, the Bronx there. Uh, so it was a definite win they needed. They got it. So baseball is going to be uh, very interesting over the next couple of weeks as we get ready to crown a world champion. And, you know, another story that came out that kind of blew my mind over the weekend, Dane, because the more I hear about the Tyler Skaggs death and this investigation, the less I want to hear and the less I want to know. Yeah, I agree. Because it turns out like the DEA has obviously been investigating the death. We heard from the family who's basically suing everybody. And we always knew there was more to the story, but we weren't sure exactly what that was. But we finally uh, got a glimpse into what the backstory is this. And the big question always was, where was he getting the drugs? Well, we figured that out. He was getting the drugs from the director of communications for the Angels. Yes, the actual PR guy for the uh, Los Angeles Angels had worked out an agreement with Skaggs that Skaggs would pay for the drugs if he could go out and get them. And for over two years, apparently, that's exactly what he was doing. He was providing him with a whole lot of uh, oxy every chance he could get. In fact, he was the guy in the hotel room the night he died, he said that he had uh, received a text message 
that Skaggs invited him up. He was on the road in Texas. Uh, he went in there. He saw that there were lines cut up on the table. He recognized two of them, didn't recognize the third one. He ended up leaving, didn't do any of the drugs with him, he says. But maybe the biggest thing is that he says, and he has told the DEA, that he expl- he told all of this to the Angels organization prior to his death. He says that he went to the Angels front office and said, listen, it's not just Skaggs. You've got other guys on this team here that are abusing Oxy. There's an issue going on. And uh, the apparently the Angels did nothing about it. Now, of course, the Angels say we knew nothing about any drug use from any players. But I guess this guy was pretty convincing and pretty specific on not only five other players he suspected that he told the organization, but he's he's telling everyone he absolutely told the Angels organization what was going on here. So I, I don't it's just it's getting uglier and uglier by the minute. And I can tell you this, the, the family suing everybody. And listen, as well, they should, you know, it's not going to bring them back, but. This is a complete gross negligence on the a on the Angels organization to have an employee providing him as a drug dealer. It just it's terrible all the way around, especially for the Los Angeles Angels. It's a terrible look. Yeah, it absolutely is, Joe. You know, the idea, first of all, that a team employee was in essence his drug dealer, right? Like. That's a bad look. Um, But this other part about he told the angels, we're going to know one way or the other. We're going to see text messages or conversations like that can probably be proven if this guy did alert the organization beforehand or not. And the fact that it's more than just skags, the fact that it maybe is these other guys like there's going to be a record. They're going to be able to know one way or the other how this was going down. But, Joe, honestly, I'm with you like. Let the man rest in peace, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's so unfortunate. And we saw, like, it's a bad, it, it, you know, it's horrible. It's upsetting. But similar to, like, Jose Fernandez, I didn't need mm-hmm. to know what was in his system after the boating accident. The man is already right. dead. Let him, like, let him rest in peace. You know, that's yep. the way I feel about it. Yes, in this, like, litigious world we live in, Skaggs and the family, and you're right, I think they have every every right to do so if yep. this was going down and teams could have been alerted and he could have been getting help or something like that but overall my main thing on this joe is just it's just a bad look i don't want to know about it let the man rest in peace yeah i mean listen you can't be uh, everything to everybody but i mean if you in fact had knowledge that he had an issue Oh man, and you didn't do anything about it because you were worried about the 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 oh i I let me ask you this though joe i thought i thought that the Angels were going to be an attractive managerial destination for guys like Joe Madden, right? Yeah. I even thought they were going to be an attractive trade destination so that they're not using up the prime of Mike Trout anymore. You know, we hear yep. names like Noah Syndergaard and others that may be on the move. Joe, if you're one of these high-profile managerial candidates, Joe Girardi, Joe Madden, mm-hmm. Buck Showalter, do you want this job? If you don't know what kind of hammer is going to drop on this organization, if the DEA is investigating the organization, Joe, you still want that job? And what if one of the five other players he named is still on? What what if them happens to be? What if it's Mike Trout, Joe? What if it's Mike Trout? What if it happens to be one of your superstars? What if it's Mike Trout, Joe? Yeah, this is just ugly on so many levels. And unfortunately... The truth, Will, I'm with you. I believe that there's only so much you can sweep under the rug. And now that this is out, guys, yep, 
it's it especially ain't if this is multiple players, Joe. Oh my war! And if he was the 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 link to all of them, yep. which he obviously was at some and if point. If this guy's because, talking, then we're gonna know. You damn right, we're gonna know. And even hey, if he ain't gonna have the finger team, pointed at him, he's gonna be like, nope. "I told the organization, I told them." Damn it's straight. like it's who knew yep. what and when. This is gonna blow up. We're gonna know who these other players oh, are. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! If it is Mike Trout. Well, yeah, or it, even anybody that's still in major, even if they're not on yeah. the Angels anymore, sure. it's like, sure. wow, it's uh, yeah. just total bombshell. And uh, of course, I know we'll, we are definitely going to hear about it, whether we want to or not. It is going to get out. And uh, to your point, yeah, new manager coming in. It's like, oh, boy, you know, almost you feel like you almost have to clean house in the organization. Right. What are they going to do to try to uh, to mitigate this uh, this damage? Because this is not something that you, you know, being complicit in the death of a player that you could have I, helped is I don't know how you recover from that Dane. I really and here's don't. the other thing, Joe, like they have his picture on the wall. You know what yeah. I mean? They've retired the kid's number. Exactly. Right. They've had all this yep. stuff. And like, that's. That ain't going away. What are they going to do? Unretire it? Take the damn, like, monument of him, like, yep. off the left center field wall? I, you know, this this is really delicate, and yep. I'm very interested to see how it plays out PR-wise. Joe, would you rather take the Angels job or the Washington football team job? Yeah, uh, not, not knowing how this direction. Who wants to <laughs> be know? the guy? Who wants to be in the guy having to sit up and answer questions about having something that had this. nothing to do with you? But it's yep. going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen, and and yep. and knock on. There's eight managerial openings in Major League Baseball. I'll look for one of the other seven. I'd even go to uh, Pittsburgh before I went to uh, yeah. Anaheim. Give That's me the how, San Diego uh, Padres. I know they're trying to spend money and win. <laughs> absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, but listen, we there are still uh, teams playing here, including the Cards here tonight, who are trying to do their yeah. best not to get shut out here, and it's going to be Let a tough thing. They've time. got Flaherty. Pitching for him tonight. Strasburg getting the ball for the Nationals. The early line on this, Dane, what are we looking at here at uh, at FanDuel? He, I'm, I'm going to assume sure. that Scherzer, uh, that uh, Strasburg's the favorite here. Strasburg is a minus 135 favorite. The Cardinals are plus 115. Total mm. for this game is an even seven. And if you like wow. the run line, you know, if you think Washington just is going to dominate today, you could get that then at plus 165. If you want to get runs for the Cardinals, it'll cost you two bills. I love the uh, I love the matchup for the Cards. I think it's the guy you want on the mound. Uh, it's right. still to me, if I'm the Cardinals, my whole game plan is get to the bullpen, just get to the bullpen. And why they've done a good job thus far in the first couple, of get to the damn bullpen. All right. I mean, as soon as you can, if you can chase Strasburg. Uh, if you can get to him early, that's your best chance of pulling it out because I do think Flaherty, listen, Washington owns left-handed pitching. They're much better against lefties than they are righties. I do think Flaherty brings in a uh, a set of pitches and a set of skills. This is going to be a very tough matchup for the, uh, uh, for the Nationals. And this is a game the cards, listen, their back is against the wall. They've done this before in the past. And the number is certainly at plus 115. Uh, you know, is can I see does is Strasburg? Uh, you know, is he going to dominate the car? Well, he could, but at the same time, you know, this is playoff baseball. They, I don't know that they're going to light Flaherty up anytime soon either. So we're talking about a guy that's been one of the best pitchers here now for the last 
eight weeks of the season. So I do like the Cardinals in this game here tonight. I think they're going to get at least one. And I think that uh, if they can pull this off tonight, then I think we got ourselves a uh, we got ourselves a series. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. The pressure will be on. And the mm-hmm. thing, uh, to me, the idea is what will this building in Washington be like, especially Ooh. if Strasburg gets off to a good start? Now, remember, Joe, the Cardinals have been no hit through seven in both yes. of these games, right? Yep. So if Strasburg is hot also, and this is 2 nothing Washington going into the fifth, something like yep. that, this crowd is going to buoy them. And the idea of doubt, I believe, will start to creep in to those Cardinals bats. To me, it's important important that they touch up Strasburg early. Yeah, they got to get get to that bullpen. And I think the same thing holds true, of course, for the uh, for the Yankees, that if they can, they've got two horses on Arizona. One of them is Verlander, one of them is Cole. And of course, you want to try the idea is to get them the hell out of there as soon as possible and get to that bullpen. They did that last night. Unfortunately, they weren't able to capitalize as uh you know, Gary Sanchez struck out twice, Dane, in that game, in the 10th inning. Yeah. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. He actually swung and missed a ball like a, like a dude who, you know, swinging a four iron and, and chunking it out of, the, uh, out of the fairway, like did not hit the ball, and yet they called it a foul tip. And then, of course, the next pitch, the ump made up for it, a ball that was like a foot outside. They ended up calling him out strike three. Um, but they had their chances. The Yankees had their chances in that game last night in extra innings. And they didn't get the hit when they needed to. So credit Houston. I still think this game goes seven, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean, well, if it's going to go seven, then St. Louis is going to have to win tonight, Joe. Yes. You know, I mean, yep. because they go down 3-0. I don't see it happening. Let me ask you, no, one of the things over. we always look at. Yeah, <laughs> the total on this game is seven. First half total, three and a half. Listen, Joe, the cards haven't even gotten a hit in the first five innings of either of these games, you know, and you yep. like Flaherty as a stud who maybe with the pressure on Joe, what do you think on this first high five, three and a half? You like it? You want to take the bullpens out? You want to take under three and a half? I mean, guys, look at the, how many runs have were scored in the first couple of games. Have they even come close to seven St. runs? Lewis hadn't gotten a hit in the first five I, I, in either game. So right. I, it's like, how do you not continue to ride the unders in these? Yes, I know they're three and a half, but you know what? It was three and a half with Scherzer on a mound too. And Wainwright, how would you like to be Wainwright striking out 11 dudes going seven and two thirds and right. only giving up three hits and still losing? You know what I mean? And still losing that game. So to me, yeah, I love the unders. I think it's the safer play out of anyone. I don't see either of these offenses exploding in the first five innings against these two guys. If there's ever an under, it's probably with these two guys on the mound here tonight. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to I, – I, I believe that Flaherty is going to pitch well, and that's yes. the linchpin for me, okay? I do think Strasburg will bring it. To me, the question is, will Flaherty bring it and match him? And I will right. default back to the last, what, two, three months since the All-Star break. He's been one of the best pitchers. His team needs him. He's supposed yep. to be the ace. I think he delivers. Now, does that mean uh, St. Louis wins the game? I'm not sure because of the bullpen, but I do mm. think we're going to see a nip-and-tuck first five. I like the under in this one yeah i think maybe uh even uh two one 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 that yeah, kind of situation like along those lines so i do like the uh i like the under first five and i like the under uh full game and the only question with the full game is you know flaherty he's gonna throw 120 pitches he has to they're gonna wait before they get to that bullpen dane so if they can get him through seven innings they got themselves an opportunity who are you gonna go with in the football game tonight 
Uh, I told you, I'm going to do Green Bay waiting live. I like the under. I like some prop bets over on Terrion Johnson and Jimmy Graham to get in the end zone at plus two sports. Ah, I like that Jimmy Graham one, too. No I'm going to go with the upset. Give me the money line on Detroit. All we'll right. break it down for you tomorrow. Either way, guys, best of luck. Make it rain. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ability restrictions apply. See website for details. Did you miss me? Here's what you missed on Make It Rain. Nobody gave the Steelers a chance to win. You got a third string quarterback. The dudes, people don't even know who Devlin Hodges is, where the hell he came from, what the hell's a Samford. No idea who this guy was. And oh, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger spent an entire career racking up rings and yardage, yet he's never won a game on the West Coast. So now the Steelers, you, you're asking them to go back on a West Coast with a third-string quarterback going up against a Chargers team with Melvin Gordon back, Austin Eckler, and, yeah, they promptly go ahead, turn the ball over three times, and, again, dig themselves a hole in the first half that they can't dig themselves out of in the second half. And the Chargers, I, their schedule gets brutal from here on out. But Pittsburgh's part of a conference, let's face it, Cleveland loses again. Baltimore is, they're decent. They're not, you know, they're not a juggernaut. Now, all of a sudden, Pittsburgh with a couple of back-to-back wins. Pittsburgh's in the running now for the NFC, uh, the AFC North title. Uh, it, it all of a sudden just got really interesting after yesterday's games. Yeah, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh gets that win 24-17. They go to 2-4 and four on the season. I, I don't know if I see it the same way, Joe. I think Baltimore is, in fact, the class of that division. They get a close win. We said it this morning. We thought the – last yesterday morning, we thought the back door would be open for the Bengals, and it was. But, Joe, I don't know. I think Baltimore at 4-2, and two, you know, yes, Pittsburgh got the win yesterday in a tough, you know – I was going to say tough, but it wasn't. There were more terrible towels there than Chargers fans, you know. Mm. So the fa- they are two games back. I still think Baltimore is the class of this division. But I want to talk more about the Chargers. Listen, Joe, I mean, they can't stop the run. It has nothing to do, you know, they have to be able to stop the run. The entire stadium knew that Pittsburgh was going to be running the ball, especially late in that game, and they were still gashing the Chargers right up the middle. And then on the other side of things, I don't know about you, Joe. Maybe I'm just an Austin Eckler truther. But Melvin Gordon does not look like he's hitting the ground running. Melvin Gordon looks slow to me, okay? It looks like that offense has a lot more spunk when Austin Eckler is on the field. I know that's when they're in the shotgun and slinging it. That's what Phillip Rivers wants to do, although he also slings the interceptions as well. But I don't know, Joe. Melvin Gordon, 8 for 18, and it just looks like uh, it doesn't look dynamic with him on the field. They even showed a stat for the Chargers about what their run game has done, and they were great at the beginning of the season. Now, now, I, I, I don't see it. It looks like they're just putting Melvin Gordon in and they got to work him in a little bit more. And they don't have time to do that now standing at two and four, 